Here you go. But be careful, that stuff will make you stupid. Oh, fuck, I fucked it up. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had to do one of these in a while. <laughs> no, I, was literally, I was literally reading it verbatim. All right, we'll start again. Here you go. So be careful. Podcasting will make you stupid. Fuck you. Well, stupider than you already are. Meet Steve-O and Bob. They were the only two punks living in Salt Lake City. Ooh, we come from the east. What the hell are you? We're, uh, we're from England. <laughs> England. That's probably why we seem so weird to you, man. Their only way to understand the world was to be totally misunderstood. And when you're living in the most conservative city in America, do you A, conform? This rebellion things you're going through, I, I, I understand it, not completely, but uh, I respect it. B, learn to cope. I am the future. I am the future of this great nation. Steven, I didn't, I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. Or C. Is he going to be okay? Oh, yeah, he'll be fine, I'm sure. Thank you, though. None of the above. Aladdin, and this is my lamp. I wished for you, and here you are. Bob was in love. You're like a poet, dude. I just started thinking, you know, Salt Lake ain't that bad. I know, no, no, I mean, I know it sucks and all, but, you know, this is like, this is like home, you know? Matthew Lillard, star of Scream and She's All That. <laughs> and Michael Gorgian in a film about living life. If I knew what was ahead of me, I may have stayed in bed. Life is like that. Never have so many of Satan's followers been amassed on the earth as there are now. What? And getting out alive. 666. The mark will be on all of them. Oh, my God! With attitude. Go, go, go! I told you those boys were trouble. What's your major going to be? I want to save the rainforest. Somebody's got to fight for them. Salt Lake City Punk. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Pints and Popcorn's back. Here I am with Shay, uh, as usual. Excited to be here for this one. We're doing SLC Punk. First timer for me from 1998. Uh, directed by James Marandino. Uh, written by James Marandino as well. Starring a fucking like, low-key banger cast for like probably at the time. <laughs> maybe some unknowns in there and whatnot and uh, but some real good time, yeah and, and a lot of good genre guys in there as well but matthew lillard michael gorgian annabeth gish jennifer lean uh christopher mcdonald who we all know as shooter mcgavin and he's equally as great in this uh devon yeah. sawa adam pascal uh, jason, jason siegel like you know we'll he's, get, probably, we'll he's probably the yeah he's probably the one that's done had the biggest career since oh and, from, yeah yeah. Lillard is up there, but yeah. Yeah, but Jason Siegel's still in some pretty big stuff at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and he hanged on. Yeah. So. And uh, Till Schweiger, who uh, we all know, uh, well, most of us who love good movies know as Hugo Stieglitz from Inglorious Bastards, and he was fucking great in this as Mark. Uh, we'll talk about all that later. Obviously, a banger soundtrack as well. Um, you know, so many Amazing. great bands. And, and, you know, I'm not like a huge, like, I listen to a lot of punk, but I'm not like, I'm not very good at remembering who I've listened to in the past and whatever, but I know you're you're a lot better with music. But um, you know, names like the Ramones, Dead Kennedys, Velvet Underground, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I love that. So I Suicide Machines, Gorilla Biscuits, Minor Threat, uh, yeah. Fear has my favorite. Like their use of the track that Fear does, um, 
in this film is one of my favorite uses of music of all time. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of that, talk about it here for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said, this was a first time watch for me. Uh, we usually do films that we've both seen and we agree upon, but we occasionally kind of go with the wildcard thing. Uh, particularly this was your half birthday movie. That's that's correct. Isn't it? Halves. <laughs> halves. And now um, it's spooky season and, um, you know, but the podcast got delayed for multiple reasons. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> right. we, we, we never shy away from that. Though. Like we, we, we used to, when we first did this, like what, five, I was about to say five years ago. It feels like five years ago because COVID, but um, three years ago when we started this during COVID, it was like we were doing it weekly because it was easy because we couldn't leave the house. Uh, but now that we've got um, lives and jobs and, and things of that nature, you've got a job that isn't traditional an hour sometimes when news pops up. So, and you had a big week, <laughs> yeah. you had a big week on that front. Uh, yeah. I was in, I was in Texas. I got sick after I was in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, I got uh, sick after the news, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we talked yeah. for like a long time because like when we stopped doing the podcast for just, uh, I don't know. It just kind of fell off because of life. Right. Yeah. You know, it just happens, which like back in early 2021, we were planning my half birthday movie. And like, I had ideas, like, I, I don't want to. Planning your birthday movie, I think. Cause that was what was yeah. Birthday movie. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cause it would have been March. So, mm -hmm. so I don't want to spoil any future episodes, but there's like a couple films that are like, obviously like my big birthday movies, but like we did goon for your birthday. Mm-hmm and that's not your favorite movie of all time so i was like i don't want to do my favorite movie of all time but like yeah. shit that's my bad that's fucking amateur hour <laughs> uh, i barely noticed it i don't know if it was an email ding it yeah it it happens it's what as i burp on the podcast as well you know this is a this is we're an amateur podcast so it's fine we put some professional notions into it but um but yeah this is your oh. half half birthday podcast um episode uh that you brought up oh, almost a month ago and we've re we're recording it probably like almost a month after your half birthday yeah. but... <laughs> at least a couple weeks yeah yeah but um that's it's punk rock <laughs> <laughs> it's just um i'm you know i was i got a 4.0 in damage in late september so uh <laughs> 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 so um and i just want the listeners to know if you're watching i also forgot to set my background so we forgot to do that that's just part of it that's it's also part of it. it's, it's also just me sitting there spilling beer on myself like a little bit like makes sense um <laughs> but yeah i think like what goon means to you this movie kind of means to me like in this like it like exists in the same space in our brain of it just being like this kind of like you really relate to it for silly mm. reasons and um so I thought, and since you hadn't seen it, I just thought this would be perfect. And I really wanted to get your take on it because it is such a cult classic. And like, you know, for people like, I don't know, people who didn't like grow up with it, I, I was just curious to see <laughs> what they think because it is its own entity. And especially to like kids who are interested in punk at a young age, like they latch onto it because it's like, see, you can, you know. yeah, but, yeah. Again, we'll get to like how that's all a mirage later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's interesting because I can imagine uh, watching it as a younger man, as the dipshit that I was. Um, some would say still am, but dipshit that I was as a young adolescent, uh, whatever, 
uh, you'd watch it and take it. I can imagine taking an entirely different message out of it, possibly. Uh, even though it's not that the message changes, like it is actually very, it's a very smart and very, uh, very nuanced movie. Even if it looks, it's just an, it's a brief watch, like it's an hour and a half or just a touch over. Um, very quick, perfect, uh, an easy watch. Uh, but there's a lot going on under the surface. But I don't, I don't, I just know that. Um, it's not to say that if I watched it as a younger man, like it was too, you know, it, the message is very easy to see. It's just I was a little bit of a dumbass when I was younger, so uh, it would have been interesting. And you having watched, so I take out of it the message that, um, you know, that. Well, I mean, the thesis of the movie is essentially that, uh, you know. I I liked what Brandy was saying at the end. I know we're getting to it yes. right now, but I guess we're talking about the movie and what we take out of it. Um, like that rebellion is your own thing and it doesn't have to be the outwardly anarchistic, uh, you know, destruction. You know, rebellion sometimes has to be a little bit quieter and and, and nuanced is, is the true form. And, you know, maybe it's not that I, I like the message of, like you know, the dad character, uh, uh, forgetting his character's name but you know he's like i didn't see those dad yeah Steve-O's <laughs> dad. I, di- I didn't sell that son i bought in and it's not like you have to be that guy either but there is somewhere of a middle ground to that you can either completely exist outside of the system and that's fine but if you want to be um have an impact sometimes you have to be a part of the system but you can you can happily be a part of the system and still and still question it and and do those kind of things and and I really and and she did call him out as well. She said, you know, you're wearing all this shit and wearing, you're wearing a uniform, which you're dressing you know, down yeah. to make yourself look this way. Like when you and like he later says that he goes, um, when Bob's girl says, like, oh she's or Bob she goes, oh she's a rich girl. And he goes, yeah, I guess I am too. And that's like the first time you really mm-hmm. think about it. Like, oh yeah, he is a lawyer's son, and he's just like, and you would rebel against that, but it's also just like, and then like. Dude, we're just going to do the end of the movie at the start because I think there's so much to take away from the ending, whereas, mm. like, the rest of the movie is just, like, a fun romp. Mm. <laughs> you know, that shows you both the great side and the frailties of what the punk scene is, especially back then. Like, I can't relate to that. Like, mm. you know, I grew up adjacent to it 15 years later from when this was, or even later than that, um, maybe almost 20 years later than it um but in what it was back then but it just kind of like that scene where they're they're kids and they're like in middle school maybe early high school and like i have thoughts about the song choice that they picked for that but it does kind of make sense i've thought about it a lot today with of generation x's kill me kiss me deadly um for the first punk song that he kind of plays for Sivo. and it's just like ah, i think they could have done better there but it's a whole different story a tangent mm. that maybe we'll get to in the second half but like i can't remember where i was going which is perfect <laughs> <laughs> but punk rock it's just like it's all about like for Stevo, it was like being the most punk that he could ever be and everybody else was just like such a poser and like we dealt like that's what's universal about this movie is there's always people like that in the world mm-hmm. there'll be people after me like that in the punk scene there'll be, there will 
plenty of people before me being that person and it's just all a facade and it's all just like it's just like covered in insecurity which Mm. this whole movie presents punk like as an older person watching it when you watch it when you're younger and growing up you're just like yeah punk rock like i want to fight rednecks and i want to you know i love this music and like that's why like fears i love living in the city like that the lyrics of that song are just like yes i want to be that like Mm. you know like and so to watch it older and just like kind of reflect on that and reflect on how i was when i was younger you're just like man you just see through it right away and i totally get a different message out of the movie than i used to and you know i'm really grateful for that yeah yeah and i I know it's um uh Marandino, the writer and director, he he didn't say. I, from what I read, it wasn't like an autobiographical thing, but he he did write it from his own experiences growing up in Salt Lake City and 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 kind of Salt based Lake City? <laughs> and based <laughs> it on a lot of lot of things that he lived. And I I really appreciated that kind of because I you know we all have our uh, stereotypical ideas of Salt Lake City, which they they do uh, you know lean into a lot in this movie, like the the you know uh, the fact it is a hotbed of you know the mormon religion and, mm-hmm. and and you know he talks about you know we live in a city that's uh crushed under religious oppression even though half the people who live here don't even fucking you know believe in that religion exactly and but the movie doesn't what i appreciate about it is regardless of what the movie and the writer thinks about you know that religion or any other religion they don't lean into any too much uh stereotyping or anything like that they just it is just presented as what it is but through through their lens um you know the fact that the most important thing that annoys them it seems at times is the fact that they can't get fucking anything stronger than 3.1 or 3.2 percent beer unless they go to a state-owned liquor store which has its own problems in in the uh police um police (laughs) follow them home or they have to go drive an hour and a half north of the uh wyoming and 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 deal with uh uh, preachers in the in the in the liquor store up there so you know the 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 fact that the movie or the locals it, who are even worse yeah now i don't see i don't see the nazis as the devil's army but just more a gathering of people <laughs> what <laughs> yeah i did there was moments like that and it's, it's funny because i i said to you prior to the podcast prior to us opening up the recording uh when we were off air that there's so much about this movie that I can't wait to go back and watch it and start actually letting some of those scenes and, and lines uh, bed into my brain because I've completely forgotten about that line. But I remember now that you've mentioned it, thinking, what like watching the movie, just going, it, it's so far ahead. It's one of those movies that, you know, you watch that was made in 1998 or 1997. Yeah. About a time that was set in 1985 and at the height of Reagan, Reaganism and all that stuff. And, and and yet it speaks so much to what we're going through now in many ways as well so it's it's always interesting because you you can go back and watch some movies that are very very dated and they they just didn't get anything right but a movie like this and it's often the way when someone just writes truly from their personal experiences they they latch into they may not even truly intend to latch into something that's lasting they're just trying to tell a story of what was but then they somehow can tell a story of what is to come as well because it's just human nature and and what they're going through is and unfortunately, sometimes it's cyclical. And as as we've seen now, and yeah, that line about the Nazis from the from douchebag douche, douchebag number two in liquor store in Wyoming, whatever he's credited as, yeah, um, the neckbeard for yeah. sure. And just yeah, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, 
I have, not tr- I have not trimmed. I have not trimmed for a while. When he said neck beard, I was like, oh god. Oh no, he just literally has the. Yeah, like... yeah. Oh yeah, the one where it's like he shaved everything but the neck. Yeah. 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 And Mine's, he's just like, I'm just and he's wolf- talking about the Nazis and the Devil's Army and all that stuff. And yeah. For the record, I did. I did go to two different liquor stores before this to try to get Mickey's and. Uh... <laughs> No yeah. dice. Apparently, you, apparently, you needed to take a. Uh, I guess I looked like a Galder in Indian because they were hiding <laughs> it from me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, and I just like kind of reflected a lot on this movie. It was just like when you're young, you kind of relate to Stevo and like everything he's saying. It's like the anarchy in the UK. The sun never sets on my asshole. The like <laughs> music, it's punk rock. That's all that matters. But then you like. You know, when you look at it and you're just like, dude, you're like trying way too fucking hard. And like, like Bob is that way early on and you see him mellow out, which, you know, spoiler alert, like he's like in this like, okay place, you know, Mm. before the ending. And it's just like such a bummer because it's just like, I think, like I said, like this shows the frailty of like being so like invested in like portraying yourself as somebody like talking about posers all the time and stuff like that like i was talking off air about how i really related to eddie in this movie Mm. when i was growing up like he was always my guy because it's just like you know i'm just gonna do what i want i don't need to like prove how i like the same music as you guys i agree with all the sentiments especially like when i was into it the iraq war had just started so i was into all that stuff you know like i had you know they're looking at a picture of reagan with a swastika on his head i drew i actually shouldn't say that on air in case whatever um i was a punk rock kid you know i was a punk rock kid without like having to like like brandy says it's like dress down like why would i make myself look shitty Mm -hmm. to try to fit in the whole idea of punk is to not fit in yeah so you're like trying to fit into the scene and be like the coolest person in the scene and like this will go on forever mm. <laughs> like this will because there will always be the oldest punk in the group that's telling the younger punks about how it used to be and then it'll just go on and everybody needs to be the toughest guy and you're just like after a while you're just and i think that is the thesis of the movies just like jesus christ like how stupid i was back then you know yeah and, I think and that's not to say that like the ideals of punk are bad it's just to say to take them to that level yeah. it's ridiculous yeah and i now that you since you kind of brought it up you know the thesis of the movie and and the fact that it happens um there's always the oldest one i was thinking of it i extrapolated it out to every facet of life whether it be punks or you know, sports fans or people in politics like everyone's always got recency bias about whatever click or a grouping or um thing they're involved in whether it be you know they're you know diehard sports fan they're very involved in it and they you know 10 years ago you know football wasn't football was harder back then and it's always and you know 10 years from now someone's going to be saying that about 2020 football and the, the guy in 2020 was saying about 2010 and the guy in 2010 was saying you know football was better in the 1990s and the 80s and all that stuff it's always the same um, we keep going through the cycle and yet yet we still somehow keep going and um you know the ones that actually do truly enjoy things sometimes are the ones that just take it for what it is 
uh, and accept that it can't always be the way it was um, because we learn things, we grow, like, you know, using the football example, which is a re- weird one for this, but, you know, football no, it was makes, hard. It totally makes fo- sense. Fo- it's- yeah, it's like football was harder back then, but people, you know, guys were also shooting themselves in the chest after their careers to, to so their brains could be studied. And then so oh. we go to, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm getting a little serious, but I'm just saying, like, you know, just, and that's why we change things and and it happens in every you know click or grouping or whatever you you know things change sometimes because it actually need even if you enjoyed it at the time it needs to change because it makes things better and and you know as steve kind of he realizes that to be better for society he had to and what he he, he didn't doesn't exactly change his beliefs he still wants to kind of fuck things up but he realizes that there's a different way forward and that he has to show some understanding to the side that he just he, he you know you know dressed He's down fucking childish yeah like, yeah because he like, opened like, yeah. so obsessed with the concept like mm-hmm. yeah, you become so obsessed like, with it that you don't actually you you don't allow yourself to actually actually it's kind of like you're actually closing yourself in so much that even the concept just starts becoming fuzzy to you because you're you're so enamored and and holding on to certain things that you you started with this idea of what it's going to be and then you you keep on overlapping on that and you don't allow yourself to learn and grow with the with the concept that you're a part of and as such you actually outgrow it and 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 in kind of the negative way i guess and well he talks about that throughout the movie that's why like his inner dialogue is amazing because he's like reflecting on it i think that's a great place for the writing yeah is to go back and talk about how you were because you because he talks about himself in the moment before like meeting brandy it was like Am I an anarchist? Am I a conformist? Am I uh, am I beggar Sean? Am I that mm. I didn't know? I didn't know that night, and I probably like if I would have like known, then I probably would have just stayed in bed. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like <laughs> I mean, it's honest reflection. Um, but before we get too far, I want to mm-hmm. like quote like I think this is like also kind of the thesis of the movie in a different way from the band Descendants from I'm Not a Punk. I listened to after the liquor store run but the opening mm-hmm. lines are just I'm not a punk how can I be show me the way to conformity try to be different but it's always the same end up playing someone else's game mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what like I mean punk punks who recognize that right away and see through again seeing through the game is not <laughs> the same as winning the game go back to North Dallas 40 pod but <laughs> yeah seeing through the punk game is a big part of it it's just like a lot of people like buy all the way in and you're just like dude you're not going to be the most punk person that ever lit it's like i'm sorry <laughs> like it's not a competition it's not what you should base your life on is being like the coolest person in the entire world that's what we're trying to fight against mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and it just yeah it just falls on deaf ears a lot yeah so what uh, I wanted to ask, there's a couple of questions I had with you with this movie. Um, you were yes. involved in bands and kind of, I don't... Not I, punk I, bands. Yeah. Well, you, was it punk adjacent? Rock? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very I bad believe... at I'm very bad at labeling with music. Like I, you know me, I love music and I've got plans for us to have a music pod in the future, but um, it comes from me being kind of naive about some things as well. But uh, I mean, but I played you, music. Yeah. But beyond that, sorry, just to finish my question... Yeah, you did grow up in a town that you, you sometimes have fun with and joke about being a nothing, an endless a town that you couldn't wait to escape from. And, Wish I grew up in LC to be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear um, great things. I've only been to the airport. 
Yeah, I, I've yeah, I've only been through the airport and met and met a guy from Nebraska in, in Dana Holton there as well. So uh very weird connection. But um yeah, so you, you come from a similar kind of background in, in in growing up in a town that you you kind of maybe saw at times as as a younger man through Steve O's eyes in, in kind of this hopelessness and especially the bleakness. Because they, they really do a good job of showing um Salt Lake City in the death of winter and Snow yeah. and snow and blue buildings. Salt yeah, the salt flats and God damn it, the why Great you... Salt Lake or whatever. It's called yeah. the Great Salt Lake, and it just they make it look like like a men's um bathroom at in the fourth quarter of an NBA game. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like a like either that or just a just a random like one of the random little dams that you find find randomly around Los Angeles. I thought it looked just... cool, honestly, yeah. and they obviously went out there because it was cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they took the van out there but i could be wrong they that was a cool that was that. a cool scene towards the end there but yeah i loved uh yeah two yeah two schweigers mark just sink <laughs> <laughs> why won't you sink <laughs> um that fucking hand cannon he's got yeah dude. when he shoots it i buy a new one that's <laughs> <laughs> fucking like dirty harry's jealous of that fucking gun um i will say like just a quick Side note, I love that scene so much because Bob wakes up and just goes, fuck you. Like, like, <laughs> fuck you. Like, that's, that, yeah, I love that shit. Um, I have definitely What was your up. question? <laughs> uh, sorry, just how, how you kind of connected with it from, like, because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I mean, you're, you, you know, you know, growing up in Lincoln and, and not, you know, you've, you've, I've known you for uh, over 10 years now and you've at times not had you, you you talk about lincoln in self-deprecating terms um with your youth there and and then you and you played in bands there growing up as well so you whether yeah. it's the same exact same scene or whatever but you you kind of what was it like watching this at your age now and thinking about yourself then as well as that movie and then how that <laughs> comes together well i'll tell you like there was one scene that really stuck out to me about like how i'm probably an asshole uh, <laughs> <laughs> And that's when, because I think I've almost had verbatim, not verbatim, and I would never slap one of my friends. Like, I, it's just not my personality to slap somebody. I think you've or, slapped, slapped me before. No. I've, I've probably slapped you. Yes, it's different. You're yeah. a lot bigger than I am. <laughs> but, and you deserved it. I, yeah, there it is. Uh, <laughs> no, but the, when... Bob started talking about how much he likes Salt Lake City and like yeah. how it's his home and stuff. And I had that conversation with you before, like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> We're gonna get out of here. We have to get out of here. And like everything I have is driving me out of here. And then you just have these people in your life that you're really close with and can be your best friends. Like, and they're just like, but you're they just fall well- you're just they fall in love or yeah. they have like a better like they have a good family like i'm from a divorced family it's like you talk about love you're divorced love failed <laughs> <laughs> well, i didn't want to bring i didn't want to bring that up but i was just like i was like has shay been in this room before like <laughs> <laughs> no um uh, i might be i love you I, you, know, I love, you know i love both of your parents and you and i don't know if you've ever been in the same room as both of them at the same time so I don't think I have. Don't I don't think you have either. I don't think I would subject that to anyone other than myself <laughs> and the waiters who serve us. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I have that reminded like 
that attitude like kind of like it might have planted a seed when i was like 15 or 14 mm. or 15 when i first saw this movie and was just like get the fuck like it's like you need to get out of here and then like that's kind of like what they're working i don't it's it's confusing for as like punk kids because they don't really know what they're they're working for nothing mm. but that's bullshit as the movie shows you're never just you know every yeah. anarchist is full of shit at the end of the day mm. because they don't like they have no plan for every, for anything they like mm. they want no plan but then when there is no plan Oh, was it at the end of the movie? Or is just like, well, the world didn't end, so I had to fucking figure out something to do. Like, exactly. <laughs> like, you know. spoiler alert, I know you give those at the start, but like, when Bob dies, it's like, hey, dude, you wanted chaos. Here is as big of chaos as you can get in your young life, and mm. you fucking cannot handle it. Yeah. So I bet you on some goddamn structure right now. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, was, yeah. And God, this sounds like, man, is this airing on Fox News? <laughs> it sounds like we're fighting against it. But it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I've always been frustrated by the punk scene and just the ideas behind it. And I just love the tenets of it, but it just never, it's just never the way you want it to be. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that goes for, uh, you know, again, I, I extrapolated out the different scenes, and you know, I was talking about football as a as a loose example, but particularly yeah, I totally I mean, even if, that, I think. even if you end up like in the in the world, it's kind of like politics. You you, you want it to be perfect whenever you go and if whatever affiliation, affiliation you have, um, you know, you want it to be perfect, but there's always going to be imperfections in it. But some of the sometimes the worst people in politics, as we see on um, a particular side of it, is that they're so and it's very adjacent to kind of steve-o's narrow-mindedness that he thankfully grows out of by the end of it but you know if you're so narrow-minded and so wrapped up and so wrapped up and you're yeah well yeah i like to think he went to harvard he goes and, to boston yeah that's and, a gnarly yeah. scene <laughs> i had a thought you know i had a thought um that at some point he's going to be a big shot lawyer but he's helping out good people kind of like jason siegel's character who's probably tied himself to a tree and gotten in trouble and like you know because he goes damn baby yeah Sorry, I need to look into that. I didn't. I meant to do that last night. It was yeah. like, does Notre Dame even have a botany pro program? Like, you need to look at if they had. Would this shit ass town in Indiana have a botany program? <laughs> but he's like, I want to save the rainforest, and it's like that's fucking punk rock, dude. Mm -hmm. That fucking rules. You're fighting the system the best way you know possible, rather than fucking fighting like getting in the fight, getting in a fight with the same fucking idiots every weekend. Like, yeah, like, be like beating up a redneck every weekend is fine. That's fun. It's a small public service, <laughs> but uh, it's not. It's not bringing out any. It, there's no gonna. There's not gonna be any uh, like change that uh, is you know consistent and stays. It's not gonna. It's not gonna lock in. You're gonna. Well, that's you, like completely. That redneck's like, just gonna be back the next week, a little bit more pissed off, and you're gonna be there there again. That's completely encased in the fight scene at the party they throw he's so, talking about who beats up who. he's like final summation none and it's like yeah that's anarchy but like <laughs> it fucking sucks dude it's stupid yeah it's just like you just want to keep getting your ass kicked forever like i mean mm. i get that it was the 80s too and it's just like man it was 
I mean, hitting somebody with a bat now, like, good luck not getting 15 years in prison. <laughs> yeah, when they come in with a bat, and it's just like, and well, they're know, fighting Trump, cops, and it's just like, all right, yeah. But, yeah. Props to, like, I love the filmmaking of this. It was very, uh, it was very good. The change of pace, depending on what the scene, any scene needed, was really good because there was a lot of scenes he let. Uh, um, and where is this? I can't remember who the cinematographer was, but I mean, it's directed by Marandino. But um, I can't imagine he, they had the like, scene, a, like the the editing and the cutting of like the the acid trip scenes and and whatever scenes yep. happening, or you know, at the uh, punk scenes were yeah, amazing. The, the punk the punk show uh, was were great, like interspersed with uh, you know Steve O banging uh, Sandy against the wall while like you know and then, so have... ridiculous. <laughs> and then uh, uh what's his face gets on stage and then someone gets punched bob. Yeah. bob gets on stage it's bob that's on stage for some reason i thought it was i, I can't remember jason siegel's character's name but right now which is my bad but um yeah, yeah. i just know him jason siegel young jason siegel who's just like and every scene has that guy too who's just yeah. like don't it's just uh it's so funny as well because I, I I see the way the way he looked, his character. Um, we'll talk about some of the filmmaking stuff afterwards. But Jason Siegel's character is, as you kind of touched on, I think he's kind of the most. If you're going to talk about the true, you know, the true nature of punk might be something that's. Um, I don't think actually actually something that's almost unachievable, but he's one of the ones that's closest to it because he does just dress and present himself the way he is. But then, as Steve-O says, when he's talking to the camera in one of his many uh, little uh, soliloquies, he kind of says, like, you know, he's one of the most fucking punk, hard, hardcore people you know. Like, he doesn't look like it because he just, he, he saw, he's softly spoken, but if someone needs to be punched in the fucking mouth, he's like that guy that comes up to him and he just grabs his head and fucking puts it into the wall. Him he, in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes back to drinking and, yeah. And then, um, and then, and like, and like you said, like you said, he had no problem saying, yeah, I'm going another day and I'm going to save the rainforest. And Steve-O has a conniption about it because he's like, what the fuck yeah, is he cause... doing? Because he doesn't actually understand that that's the most punk thing he can do. Based on the based on what yeah. the movie's telling me, I'm again, I'm not a punk at all or and being part of the scene, but how I understand it, like... You the know, scene is bullshit, is the whole point. Yeah. Like, I fucking hate, like... I hate the Lincoln punk scene. And I say that with admiration and a lot of friends in it. I mm -hmm. hate it. I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid everywhere. I think it's like uh, it defeats the purpose. Mm -hmm. It defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do, which is to be a fucking individual. But if you're not an individual, right, then there's a Jawbreaker song. I mean, if there's any punk listening to this, they're just gonna they're gonna call me a poser or a pussy or whatever. I don't really care. That's again, I take that as a compliment because you guys are all <laughs> fucking conformists, but. There's a Jawbreaker song called Boxcar that is just like, it starts off because, you know, I'm not a punk, you're not a punk, and I'm telling everyone, save your breath, I never was one. And it's like a fucking punk song. And it's just mm. like, fuck yeah, dude. That's And just like the Descendants thing, Descendants are punk as fuck. But they're going, I'm not a punk, why would I do this? Like, you guys ruined what we were. <laughs> yeah, because cause it because it didn't become a scene until like because the music just happens organically right like that's how music yeah. is is like it just develops over time and and people find a have a voice or you like, something they want to like, say and their angry or yeah. attitude that comes into it and then music starts and then people like a scene creates out of it and then 
and at the time it's just organic but then once you start trying to be a part of it then you start subconsciously copying into it and and you know unless you're yourself within whatever you're doing like you know and that's something I, I took out of it as a, and we'll get, we'll get to that later. You continue because you're, you're on a roll. No, it's just like, it's less about like, it's less about like wanting to be different. And it's more about like, like showing off to the people you don't like. And it's like, why would you ever waste your energy on these people? And I get how hard it is. I wanted to do it as a child too. I still want to do it. I have fucking mm-hmm. tattoos. I have stupid tattoos. I am growing my hair out. <laughs> like I have <laughs> giant holes in my ears. I get it. Like I'm not impervious to. <laughs> we all to... take some outside influence here and there, but it's it's having the self reflection to be able to know and still try to. be an individual within that because we're all you know fashion trends and shirts that are made and all that stuff we you buy at stores are all part of a trend that's happening at a time sometimes it's just like like it feels like a costume sometimes that's like meant to like piss people off but it's like then you're not being yourself and you're not being an individual unless yourself is like your entire like plan through life is just to piss people off, which I totally, I, I do kind of get, I'm talking myself into it a little bit. I just did a Trump <laughs> right there. I was just like, I did a little Trump. Which, yeah. uh, but I, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Like, it's not like we're saying there's a lot of things that they don't. It's just yeah. like, fuck, like just see through it, be yourself. And like, don't try to like don't live your life for somebody else especially somebody you don't like and you're Mm. trying to like live like guess what they it's like the don draper meme it's like i don't think about you at all like that's like what i want to say to a lot of punkers like it's like not from my perspective but like who they're trying to upset like they don't think about you at all unless you're like in line at the grocery store with them Mm. they're not coming to punk shows they're not (laughs) i don't know i i don't know it's just, I think, and like realizing that th- that's what this movie was about, like really, like I don't know. I'm really grateful to ha- be doing this and to have watched it again and be able to talk about it because yeah, it's been wild. You know, this movie yeah. has been part of my life for 20 years. You know, mm-hmm. so, like, yeah, and that was what was cool with me watching it for the first time and thinking about myself when I was younger. And it's not like I was ever like I kind of just I you know as a lot of kids did in the mid 2000s in australia like i grew my hair out and got like streaks through it and kind of went for the surfy look even though i've surfed like twice in my life and, bare, and fucking was, poser. yeah exactly <laughs> but stood up on a surfboard once and only and, posers pod dance <laughs> i gotta think um, of, i gotta think of a another ending now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure there's there's so many i mean we were there's through, so many, we were yeah. rolling through quotes off air and we were like there's so many so something will come Great. to mind you'll find, of, you'll find a moment it's of fun man yeah that's the fun part like we're breaking it down but above anything else it's just fucking fun man like mm. it's a fun flick like i was showing you um before we recorded i went to the bar and like a couple watching, of my yeah. bar- who bartend like and we were all just talking about it, just shooting the shit on quotes on it. And it's just like, man, that's so fucking fun. Like yeah. I told you, it's like a dipshit. Like instead of a cult movie, it's a dipshit movie. It's mm-hmm. like, if you're a dipshit, 
you probably love that movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, even as someone who's come to it for the first time as a 35 year old, I am a dipshit still. So I, I loved it. Um, and yeah, I was thinking about myself growing up and like, and not, you know, I've just always kind of, but you, you did kind of try to fit into just whatever. It's not like it was ever a scene or anything. It was just like the, for me back in Adelaide growing up, like in the mid two thousands was just, was just going out to clubs. That's all you did. And you kind of tried to, you know, just dress in the, you know, it wasn't really much that you did, but you were still trying to fit into an idea of what you were meant to be, like how you meant to act at the club and all that kind of stuff and, and be, you know, how to pick up girls and stuff like that. And it was a way of acting that, um, you know, it wasn't removing yourself too much from yourself, but I did still try, you know, you, you tried to act certain ways growing up. And then you know, I, I got to my late, you know, mid to late twenties when, you know, you get married and, and you do just settle down a bit and you start realizing like all of, and, and, you know, there was things that I used to, yeah, I still believe in obviously politically and socially and all those things, but you realize that there's, you know, cause you know, sometimes you just want to yell at something, you know, someone that was saying something stupid in the street or whatever. And, you know, you can tell them, you know, you should protect people that are being abused in the street, but as otherwise, like you just, there's different ways of expressing, you know, taking part because you have this thing that happens in politics where people are like, Oh, you know, I'm going to abstain from politics politics and it's all bullshit and, and everything else. But if you, if all the good people abstain from it, then it's, it's actually just going to keep getting worse. So you need to be a part the of it. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. You need to be as much as, you know, you know, you can say two party political system is not, is, is incredibly frustrating and there's huge problems with how it works, but you need to be a part of it to try and, initiate change and all those kind of things so i took a lot of that out of it that you know those attitudes that we grow up with and and because we always we always lean the thing that you do in your late teens and and through your 20s usually is a lot of people when you discover something you lean into it fully without having the introspection to also look at it critically and and that's what i can and i think that's what the character of steve does is like he finally at the end he he, he looks at what he was more critically and what he believed in more critically and realized that while it didn't change who he was fundamentally inside. And this is what Brandy brings up to him as well, is that, um, you know, he, he is still who he is, but there's a way of doing what he wants to do for the, so everything, all his goals don't really change. It's just the way he's doing it changes, uh, by the end of the movie, which is, which is the journey I think I've been on too. And I'm, and all of us are still on that. Like no one's ever, if you ever think you've come to the end of your journey as a human, then you're wrong because you're always growing, you're always learning, and you're always experiencing new things. And and that's kind of the thing to take out of it because, like, the more he got wrapped up in that world, the more he kind of closed in on it and didn't allow that outside introspection, which was so it was good. It was a really great movie to see a character's growth um, in in ninety minutes as well. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> He is just like so frustrating to look back at. It's just like, yeah. because it's just like, I'm going to go to Utah and get maybe it's Southern Utah. I think it's Utah, though. I think he ends up going to Utah. I think it was Utah. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Nondescript like, Utah. Just like, I got an education, and like my way to tear down the system was to get like really good grades and be part of the system in pre law mm-hmm. and then just do nothing with it. And it's just like, so you just wasted everybody's time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Including your own. You could have done anything in that amount of time if you're like trying to be that person. Especially getting like, did he get a, I don't know if he actually got a 4.0, but he, I assume he did. Yeah. He's a smart kid. And they show that. I 
they do a good job of of sprinkling in that he's smart, which well, I think just, is even good. his little chats to the camera, like um, when he's going on those those long walks through the parties and talking about different characters and who they are, like that that betrays a sense of understanding of he, he can understand who someone else is and get a really good understanding of who they are ironically without actually knowing who he is um, yeah exactly. yeah and it's like cool like dude you're like the coolest person in a city you hate cool dude that's awesome you're the biggest fish in a lake that you don't want to be in yeah like that that's not dawning on you <laughs> like that's why yeah. like that like you can that shows that like you can be so smart in so many ways but you can be have just such a complete blind spot too yeah you know like who you're supposed to be or, or no, nobody's supposed to be anything but like who you're who you could be and who like maybe you should be you know mm. it's also the fallibility but, the fallibility of being human because he uh yeah i mean, I mean he, he finally gives into it a bit when he's with brandy but you see kind of that first crack in that facade like when he walks in on sandy banging at someone else and like they clearly have an understanding that they're not together, but he he loses his mind because, like, as much as he wants to, doesn't want to admit it because he thinks he's above all that. He's still just human, and that jealousy, that jealousy took over. Like, and... No, we had, yeah. He's like exactly. He's like, no, we had, you know, the anarchy mm -hmm. agreement, and it's like, well, <laughs> when you see another guy like plowing your girl, it's still gonna like, you know, um, then there's they're dry hump. I like to think. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did wonder about the what, yeah, that's, that's not something to get into. But I was just like, that would be weird to be banging and then they get punched in the face two seconds later and just have your face broken. That would be. I'm not, gonna, I'm not really going to talk about this. <laughs> it's never happened to me. I hope it never does. But uh... yeah, um, but yeah, then, then but, you know, yeah, obviously, that, obviously that was the break in the facade, and then like he goes on to accept the kind of the. Uh, being going to the party and and meeting Brandy, who uh, like that's a that's a heat check of a performance, like from um Summer Phoenix, a member of the Phoenix family uh, family that we holy shit, I yeah. did not know that that yep. fucking rules. Hasn't had I, I had a look at her IMDb, like so I think she was in the faculty in a small role in a few other films, but hasn't had a huge career. But obviously, um, some pretty famous family members that are still having uh you know one obviously dearly departed, one that's still having a hell of a career. So, um. Yeah, Summer Phoenix as Brandy, and she, uh, yeah, incredible. Like, so for probably what was maybe seven to nine minutes of screen time, maybe like because it was a fairly long maybe. scene. Fairly maybe. long. Scene. It is a long scene. I'll give you that. It was five six minutes on that couch chatting back back and forth, yeah. and then another and couple then of minutes in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah, but you know, ten maybe at most ten. At most ten. 10% yeah. of the movie, like, yeah, um, or a little more, maybe, but oh, yeah, wow. so, yeah, but she kind of just lays out the, um, I mean, I guess we'll finish on the first half here before we get into the second half, and we can talk a bit about more some other things, but she really, as we started off this first half talking about the end of the movie, and I guess we finish off by really talking about what she says, and, um, and I love how they shoot this, and how they, how it's scripted and dialogued, because, it could have come off as very um, demeaning and and and, he, and and she kind of, yeah and cheesy and and he kind of goes like she's like I'm not meaning to be offensive he's like no it's fine it's he fine is, you, you can you can tell he that he's he, he he's bristling a little bit but he's also like I can't fucking refute this like because none of it's wrong I just don't like being I'm having my 
my armor just stripped off by this, you know, woman that's telling me everything that's actually, and she's not, and but she's not doing it, and she really doesn't do it offensively. She's very softly spoken, and she's like, Educate. like she's, she's like, literally, yeah. Curious. And when he, and when he says like, do you do you like like oh so you don't like me? And she's like, I've spent like the last three four hours of my party, my party, and I'm talking to you the whole oh, night. Man. Of course, that's yeah. Just so like yeah, that's. Just so romantic. I have never crushed on a character quicker than I did, I think, at that moment. I was just like, oh my No, God. you texted me too. And I was just like, <laughs> again, I forgot about Brandy because I hadn't seen the movie in about a decade. <laughs> you thought I was talking about Sandy, didn't you? I thought you were talking about Sandy. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with David, dude? Like, she sucks. She is. I like Sandy. It's like, dude, you shouldn't. I mean, like, if she was just banging Bob too, which they kind of talk about a little bit. Because mm-hmm. Mark says that to Bob. He's like, wasn't she with you? No, that was last week, man. It's <laughs> like, yeah, hey, anarchy, right? Yeah. And, he, and obviously, Bob was clearly looking for something more as well. So, um, well, I don't know if he was looking for it, but it found him. Well, yeah, <laughs> not, not consciously, but subconsciously, because he, he was definitely open to that experience. Like, he just, you could tell, like, how much his life lit up with that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but God. the brandy and yeah, we got to talk about Bob and Trish and everything more in the second half. But that's like more. Got to talk about Bob in the second half. Bob is yeah. We got to talk about Bob in the second half because yeah, because we've done a lot of Steve on. There's there'll be Bob and 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 a bit of the other stuff in the second half. But yeah, the end like that brandy scene was just like it's just so and it kind of just breaks down because she's just like she's not part of the scene at all and she's just curious and she's but she still likes him and he's just like the oh. mod probably she's mod Jason apparently because we see the mod come in and go what the fuck are you doing talking to this guy yeah like, <laughs> I can go drink your other Mickey's which I wish mm-hmm. I was right now but perhaps <laughs> is close that's what that was punk rock beer to me. Yeah, I that's I, I associate that with like, you know, uh shows and stuff like that. Uh, I not in Australia me, obviously, yeah. but I I mean red tins in Australia, I guess, or where I was from. That's um so, I'm so much cooler. <laughs> it's just as shitty. It's not <laughs> yeah. even it's not even made in Adelaide anymore. Well, Mickey sucks. I'm glad I'm not drinking them, but I kind of wish I was for the aesthetic. I think that I, would, I thought that would have been funny. It would have taken the podcast down a different road as well, I think. Um the Mickeys. Uh which could have been interesting. Would have been equally as entertaining. Might have been a bit more incoherent. <laughs> Not that we have a high bar there anyway, but you know. Love yeah. But yeah, loved Brandy. I think that um it it you know, there's a lot of the movie that is very structured and uh, and it's kind of it's heading towards an inev- inevitable conclusion. It's done it, the the writing I really enjoyed how it was uh written and presented and it seemed quite natural to just how a young man's life and that kind of because you do kind of just in those early 20s years especially if you're kind of like not sure what you're doing you do kind of float through in this party kind of lifestyle and end up at house parties randomly and and well you, and you never know how old they are well which i, I think I, is part of it this is the this is this this is like the summer and following winter following his graduation is how i understood it so he'd be 22 23 i think is how i oh right because right, right, yeah, right, he because right. he because yeah. it starts off with him with the big mohawk and he's like i'm going to that's 18 yeah, yeah that's 18 and then he's like i just graduated and now i don't know what the fuck i'm doing because anarchy and that's when the movie takes place for how i understand it so depending but on I love how... when he asked brandy how old she is he says 19 but what does that mean yeah why would that ever matter because mm-hmm. like this isn't you know and he says right away. Oh, I think he is. I think it's because he's like he's just like fuck. She's 
he's like expecting her to be like a similar age or older, maybe even though he probably mm. knows that she couldn't. Yeah, be. we've been, we've all been there. Because you, wait, you, that sounded well, because, because she's so creepy. Much... <laughs> I did not mean it that way. Yeah, no, but it's because she's she seems so smart and switched on. Um, and he's uh, and he's kind of taken aback by it, I think, and that's why he's just, like, I, yeah. he's just like, and he's just like, okay, so she knows and understands the world kind of even if she's like not understanding of exactly his position in it well, um, she saw right through his bullshit dude yeah. and she's 19 and it's just yeah. like i mean like to be like 19 verse 22 like now that we're older it doesn't sound like a lot but back then it was like you know the moon yeah. the moon and the sun like you're that far apart like mm. i mean 19 and 22 like even in 85 like that's a crazy big difference but Mm-hmm. I feel like people were also older back then. Like they were, you had to be, I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into that. That's a whole different subject for maybe no pod ever. Like, yeah, no, no, we won't. Yeah, that's that is just the movie it was. So, um, but yeah, that's that that'll that'll do for the first half. We'll take a quick break. So I... <laughs> it's always a terrible way to do. That, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do, big. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, we'll be back uh, for the second half in just a minute. <laughs> Shake of the head. Oh, you're so disgusted with me right now. Oh, man, I'm a fucking beggar now. It fucking sucks. <laughs> wow, you should get a job. I tried that. I fucking tried that. Okay. Uh, can I help you? Yeah, I called about the job. You called? Yeah, I want to sell clothes. Woman's clothes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, have you had experience? With what? Women's clothes. What the fuck would I be doing in women's clothes? What do I look like, a transvestite? I'm not no fucking transvestite, all right? No, no, no. I, I, I mean, have you ever worked in retail? Huh? You know, selling clothes. Well, if I was selling clothes already, what would I be doing here? I really don't think this is the, the right way to start a working relationship. You got a real, a real bad attitude, lady. In fact, I don't even want your job. I, I don't care how much you pay me, because I got integrity. In fuck integrity. Ha! <laughs> it's like impossible. It really is. It's like the, the hardest thing. There's just not, there's nothing out there for me, you know? It's really tough. And I'm a bum now. That's what I do. Second half. Two I, I did that right into the uh, microphone. That's going to be horrible for the listener. I apologize. Your crack was in the wrong spot. Look, there'll be better days. Um, it's kind of like uh, there'll be free beer tomorrow at the pub. You know, there's always going to be better days. You just they, they're never going to come for me as far as my podcasting ability goes. Anyway. We're Jesus talking about Christ, yeah. punk rock kid over here. <laughs> Fuck up and die. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about SLC punk and uh first half we I think we spent a lot of time on Steve O in that first half and 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 fair enough too because he is the uh I mean he's the our narrator, he's our he's our little Sherpa through the journey of this movie. Um but set like Bob is kind of one b to his character steve-o is the main character because he narrates it and it's through his view but bob kind of is right there the whole time and 
is very important as a kind of foil for Steve-O in the movie because you see that he's actually kind of um, uh, a little bit ahead on his journey in a different way as far as growing maybe not quite out of the punk scene but just like growing into his own individual within whatever scene he is and uh, yeah I really enjoy the character Heroin Bob I should give him his full full name Um, one of the funniest yeah one of the that's one of the funniest things is like when I looked up the movie uh, to, to you know, I was like Googling to see where I could watch it, which is available for free on Tubi for people that want to watch it. It's obviously got ads, but that's still very good to have a elite, like a good streaming service that is stable and legal and all that stuff to, to be able to view it. Um, and the ads are minimal. Like very three or four times they popped up and they didn't last too long. So it didn't take me away too much. Um, the movie of scenes too. It's not yeah, like, yeah. you know, you blasted away by the cinematography though there are good scenes but yeah like, um about. yeah the character of heroin bob uh was really uh yeah i so yeah i looked it up and i saw his name and i was like okay so just by the net by the moniker i was thinking okay so this is the the drug addled punk in, the, in but then the movie completely subverts that notion and and both of them like i mean i know steve is dropping acid and um smoking weed and whatever else but like there's not like this you know, Harold uh, Bob kind of fucking mods. Be- betrays that idea of uh, what the scene is because he's just like he's very in- he's very much a part of the scene, but he's like I drink beer and smoke cigarettes and that's it. And I, I respect that because that was me growing up too. Um, my beer don't need nobody. Yeah, yeah. My booze don't need nobody. Ah, fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> Uh, Rick Dalton, RIP. <laughs> Nebraska Jim. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bob. <laughs> this is cheesy, but I remember watching this movie with my dad at a young age because I was like, Dad, watch this movie. Like, I saw it and I was like, Hey, like, my shout dad, out, Ron. <laughs> Ron, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had like a soundboard where you just do it, like him just be like, "Oh man." <laughs> um, I, we will at some point when I have my when we have the place <laughs> and I have my studio set up properly. Like I'll record him when I'm back, uh, or he's coming out for Thanksgiving. But um, yes, um, Dad loved Bob. Like I showed him that movie, and Dad loved Bob. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it's my hard, dad was hard not to love him. Yeah, you just, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it starts out with him passing out from punching a mirror, and you're just like, oh, this idiot. That is one of the more ugly, ugly infections. And I, and you know me, I am a, I am a, I am a deep, deep horror hound, and I have seen every form of bursting eyeball, bursting stomach, bursting neck, every form of gruesome scene you could ever see, and that little black pussy hand that he has was i think it's because you don't expect it because like horror movies you kind of go in and you go okay i'm gonna see some blood and guts but when i saw that hand just with that little bit of green pus it didn't even look real um which obviously it's not like you know what i mean the disease after it yeah (laughs) Yeah, i'm in quarantine i was in quarantine man they disabled the name disease just an incredibly funny like side story to that movie is that, that that happened and then they just move on from it as as you do in life like you know nothing's ever as big as it seems in the moment but it is funny that that you just reminded me of the fact they named the disease after him um it's incredible uh but we can all relate to that right sorry 
<laughs> I don't know if I actually show up. Podcast, you can cut that. No, no I'm not going to cut that. Oh, we're doing the skin? There you go. All right. Sorry. Um, There's a surprise party for my aunt tonight who always supported me. I had a mohawk when I was 17 years old. And God damn it. I should have used that picture for the picture behind me right now. I don't think you have that. That's in my dad's closet forever, I think. The the mohawk one? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But this one, I just went on your Instagram and tried to find your throwbacks. Yeah. I mean, there's a better flop. But you went with the worst one, which I love. Well, I, 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 this one I went with because it was a bit easier to edit, edit it out of the picture. There was the one where you're, you're given the double birds, which is very punk. One bird, one bird. I thought it was double. Oh no, it is one bird. Yeah, no, it is. It I is. lived it, kid. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Bob. Like, you, yeah, like, I love that. That, that yeah. the, oh, the Dad way sent they... me a picture of us potting. Yeah, he sent um, me a picture of my family. But yeah, I had a mohawk when I was seventeen in my step grandfather who uh, i actually remember that people might listen to this so whatever <laughs> did not like him very much don't have he, listeners what are you talking about exactly <laughs> but he just goes you look like geronimo which is very similar to <laughs> you look like a golden indian uh, like just from england you look like you're from England. <laughs> I said that before that movie came out. I should have said that to him. I'm from England. Welcome yeah. to your nightmare. But 666 tattooed on my... Sivo has a non-hair yes. It's a big part of having an ass tattoo. It's not yeah. having a hair yes. Moving on to heroin, Bob. He's a great character because at the start, you're just like, Jesus, this kid is fucked, man. And then... Mm. It really, like, we were talking about this earlier off-air, like, via text. Like, you were just like, I knew right when, like, they gave him pills and stuff. Like, when you're young, like, that came as a shock mm-hmm. to me. I did not, because I would, fucking, when I was 14. Oh, it would have fucked me up if I watched that when I was 20. I would have had no idea it was coming. Yeah. When I was 14 or 15, I was like, I don't know that you can't mix booze and pills. Like, I don't no shit about fuck like mm. I, didn't, like, I didn't know anything like yeah and so like that's just like such a passing moment at a party too of it's just being like oh i have a fucking headache well here's some pills and then you take it and then you just move on mm. and you're just like oh like this is all heading to a head you don't know what the head is so it was shocking mm. it, wa- it was shocking his end i would say yeah. and he didn't deserve it either is the no he didn't at all like he's and I th- I love Delhi. They kind of introduced his character, and it's like he's punching a mirror, and they and we did the infection and all that. But we also get that narration where it's just like his name's ironic because he's afraid of needles. He doesn't do any drugs, and it's just like yeah. okay, so this is a very unique character. Like we immediately we're introduced to him in a way that gives us a preconceived notion, and then immediately that that preconceived notion is kind of taken away from us, and then it kind of gives us a curiosity into his character. So for the rest of the journey of the movie, we're following his character with this intense. Like I ha- I was intensely curious every time Bob was on screen as to what was happening next with him and his burgeoning relationship. Yeah. His burgeoning relationship with Trish was really fun and and she was an interesting character. But like just his kind of ability to go with the flow, which was actually growth and him changing and and growing and and all that stuff was just like a good foil for Steve-O's ignorance at first, and then slowly we you know Steve obviously. Uh, it, it 
finally his walls get broken down because they, they kind of get forced down um, in a way. But yeah, I, I loved Bob's character was just such a good, um, the, the, the tandem of those two main characters was really incredible. I thought like, that's what elevates this movie um, so well is like the characters are just great. And, and the side characters are great. Um, you know, even Sean, this small role, uh, you know, Mark, which, and, and I'll get to the, the connection I've got there in a bit, but just Bob and Steve-O were just, just great kind of our guides through this story. And, and that's oft, often what comes with the, the best movies or even, you know, this movie isn't, it's not an Oscar contender or anything like that, but, um, great. It's great. Yeah, it, it's great. Yeah, I gave it four stars on Letterbox. We'll get to all that stuff later. But my rating was my rating <laughs> was four. My rating was my, my rating was my rating was four out of five. Which I'm so happy this went better than Wolf Creek. Yeah, yeah. You texted me and you're like, "This is going to be my Wolf Creek," and I'm like, "No, I'm enjoying this." Well, like, whereas it is comical. Like, if you don't try to understand, but like you try to understand it, and I think that's what made you know. So sorry, I'm fascinated by my label disappearing at times I know, anyway, anyway. <laughs> i think like bob's character is like really like summed up by that last scene too it's like again and i regret this looking back on my most recent watch which was last night but i regret i'm just looking at it, i was looking at it from like such like i knew exactly what happened to bob so i wasn't looking at it from that sense and uh, yet i was still like my heart tingled you know when Steve goes night asshole after he puts him down and it's just like I remember the first time is like finding out that he died and like mm. I don't know back then it fucked me up and like now it fucks me up even more in a way because I'm just like man he was happy the whole point yeah. of the movie is like we're discontent so we do all this dumb bullshit and Bob stopped doing the dumb and, bullshit, and, and and we want the and they kind of wanted the end of, dad, they wanted like, they wanted the end of the world and all that stuff, and then they finally start realizing that there's a reason to to go forth, even if the world is pretty shit and there's lots of things to fight for and fight against, but there's still something to be a part of as well. But that last scene is like with the kids, like when they're gonna play D and D, and they're listening to fucking rush, mm. and like. I that just hits so close to home with me like with some of my friends and like this is so like self-indulgent and whatever but it was just like this is like we're listening to Rush Mm. this is what we should be listening to like we should not like and it makes so much sense that Sivo is so obsessed with like portraying himself as that most as the most punk person in the world because he wasn't the person showing that to people mm. <laughs> he was the person following like yeah, at the was, end of the day he was a fucking poser yeah because he fucking wanted to play D and listen to fucking which is rush. fucking dope by the way listen to rush and play D in a basement as a kid let's go davo i'm telling you like there's better there's a better life out there we need to be like partying and like <laughs> drinking i'm not gonna say the other thing because you're married and i'm me but like i remember that mindset like when i was like 14 it's just Mm. like hey man like this sucks like we're trying to do this thing and like we weren't playing D D, and like my friend like that's the one thing where i don't really like 
totally get it. Was like when Steve was like, "Oh, we were like the people at the lunch table who like talk shit to," and you're just like, "Whatever." I guess maybe, but like not really. Like you're just people for me, but like in my experience of it. But I still related to Bob just being like, "Hey, this." whole thing that we've all been brought up around to like worship and like want to be a part of and want to be the coolest person in the world there's this other thing over here Mm. and again not thrilled about generation x kiss me deadly to be the one that he that sells sivo on it yeah it is a gateway into punk so i get it and it was the 70s so you have to change it because that's Sorry, I'm trying to kiss me Generation X. I uh Billy yeah. Idol's punk band. Oh, that was Billy Idol's band. Okay, yeah. I knew that I knew them from somewhere, like because obviously I know Billy Idol. They don't put the again. lyrics they don't put the lyrics in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like the the musical um the, the musical side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and it's just at like, least it's at least it's uh because my one thing was just like because you know how you watch movies that are set at a certain time and uh and then like a song will be in the movie and it shouldn't have actually been out at that time. I was like, I've got to double check this, but yeah, Generation X definitely was they were seventies like Friday, yeah, late seventies punk, yeah. So not punk though. They're like almost like new age. whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah. It's not well, well, okay, so uh It's a gateway into punk, which I think is what they were trying to do. I mean, wiki take it for what it is, but their genres listed as punk rock, pop punk, and new wave. So they were right in an intersection. Pop punk didn't of... exist back then. Like that's not a word. That didn't... Yeah, that's a retcon of it, isn't it? Yeah, new, that's, it was yeah. new wave. It was, it was new wave post punk. I would say post punk. Yeah, yeah, post punk like that. Uh, yeah, it's too like it's not crunch. But... And, and right, you're, this yeah, is... you're you're definitely the you're definitely a lot better at kind of compartmentalizing that because I I'm I just saying. Of... Every time I watch that movie, I forget what he plays, and every time I'm just <laughs> I was like, okay. So my it... my question is: in a movie that came out and uh, sorry, not came out, set at that time. Of, set. Uh, oh no, hold on. This was no. This was my thing. Kiss Me Deadly came out in 1981. Their kids in that scene was that song. That's what that was. What I was getting to. That. I think that came out in 1981. That movie set in 1985. Those kids were... That was 1975 when those kids were... They were 12, 13, right? Maybe in that scene? He's I don't post, know. I, was he's, saying, I don't know how old they're... He's, yet. he's post-college in 1985. I think that's a I think that's a slap faux pas. Is, that was my point. Sorry. I, easy and like... It would have been too on the nose to play well, like... That was like... like I, I'm, I'm just putting a ballpark. That... Sorry, I'm leaning away from the microphone. I'm sorry to yeah, listen. Sex Pistols and Ramones in Clash and Velvet Underground and all that shit was all out by then. You easily could have done that shit. You easily could have played like, and I know it would have been obvious to play the first track off Nevermind the Bullocks, but like, yeah, yeah. To play that, like, and have Steve O's balls blown off by it versus like something that on honestly doesn't sound that far from Rush to me is like yes. the intro. It's just yeah. like, I don't know, man. That's one, man. I wonder if he, but again, you were saying like, if it was based off his experience, maybe that's the song that got him into it, you know? And yeah. so that's cool. That I, I, then I respect, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a kiss me deadly. Uh, Generation X. I think it came out in the seventies. 
So the album called Kiss Me Deadly came out in 1981, but maybe the song was on it because I don't see the song listed on it. I, I see, I don't know this, the band that well, so that's why I'm trying to. They're not a fucking punk band, uh, so I don't know them either. That's what I don't like about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like they have where's like the disc off? Belly of the Dolls, that album had. I'm, I'm like struggling to find the song Generation X. Kiss Me Deadly was uh, 19... So Okay, so I was wrong. So it was 1978. But still, that's my contention is that those kids were... Uh, maybe it was new at the time. Like, they, 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 okay. There's a, que- there's a question. Yeah, there's a... Okay, that's a little bit more vague. Uh, I can accept that. And that's a minor also, thing. Also, Bob says, he goes, this is new. So maybe... He, he so says maybe probably- maybe that's right on point then. Yeah, and and yeah, that was that was my question. It's not that I was actually looking for a nitpick. I was actually just genuinely curious as to the timing of when they were kids and when that song came out. Because, yeah, so... Yeah, no, that's, that's probably actually correct, I, I would say. So... Um, yeah, that's cool. That that actually, because I always like that when a movie is that uh, keyed in on the details. Is yeah, and it's not that it actually takes me out because I think a mo- movie is a medium that tells a story, and if something serves a story and time isn't of the most importance, because while it's set in nineteen eighty five and at a time, a song being a year or two away from where it actually was doesn't actually matter for the overall telling. The of sense story. it does. Yeah. But um, it's still good to see it. Like it, it probably they probably were fourteen, fifteen. So it's it's around that mark. I can accept that. If it had been like five, ten years difference, then you know you'd be going okay. But um, he just goes, "This is me." Yeah, from and his it, buddy in LA. And yeah, in nineteen seventy eight, uh, they would have been if he's twenty two, having just completed college in nineteen eighty five. You'd say fifteen in nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, that's exactly. right. That's right. I'm right on point. 1415 that's right on point where they were in that scene so that's that's spot on actually so again respect to Marandino and the filmmaking crew of we sure it would have been a different punk song but yeah so but again uh, it, it anyway, was a personal story anyway i started i started asking you a question and then i got yes. sidetracked by Go what song what song would have you played in that scene if you were if you were if you were bob in 1978 walking into your little D basement um and you were you're about to tell Steve about this new shit to get into. What what would have been the song? You can name a couple. Just uh, you just you bought like the songs that would have been around. I just don't like. I mean, it's so hard because like you I've, I've just thrown this at you. This is question without notice stuff. Well, you just don't want to be cliche with it. Which like playing Sex Pistols would be cliche. Playing Ramones would be cliche. Is that so... is that is that your modern bias informing of that though? Because yes. okay. if you play the Ramones in 78, it'll blow the kids' balls off. But I'm saying, no, I'm <laughs> like, as like a punk rock kid, like you're waiting to hear what he's going to play for mm. Steve. Yeah, I guess that is that we're, we're coming up. And then he family. plays yeah. this like light ass bullshit. And you're just like, man, to me, that scene for was the that, audience, Was that a deliberate move to kind of show how. You know, because that's what their introduction to it is, and then they get into it, and they have the yeah, exactly like how. But like, maybe that's pop, a deliberate pop move. Punk to... Led me to punk. Like I'm not ashamed yeah. of that. Like pop punk led me to punk. But, like I wasn't like eight years old, like listening to like TSOL or whatever. But um, I wish I was. Like some punks will have you believe that shit, but whatever. Just like fucking, we all come to it however we do, and it's like whatever. That's a whole different rant. Um. <laughs> I just don't like 
I think now that you told me that it was kind of based off the director's experience in Salt Lake City, that not so that much his I, experience. He he says it's not autobiographical. It's just like he grew up in Salt Lake City and knew these kind of people. And 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 I guess yeah. he was. I assume he was somewhat a punk fan or part of the scene, maybe, but adjacent. not quite yeah, adjacent. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know what his experience, but I'm not going from some very limited Wikipedia and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, sure. it's not like this movie's. A Tarantino movie that has essays and essays on the internet. It's a little bit hard. You'd to be find surprised. Something. I bet people have written about it. Oh, but... I just mean by comparison. You know, yeah, yeah, you know for I mean? sure. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the song. Like maybe he heard that song when he was a kid, and like that's what kind of like led him down the path. Yeah, like, I remember like, that gateway. The... Yeah, Linoleum by No Effects, which was definitely not out in 1978, and like <laughs> uh, Roots no by Rancid. Like, I had this girl tell me to download both of them when I was 12 and, like, downloaded them, listened, and it was just, like, that's what it is, you know? And, like, I always liked other types of music, too, but, like, that always seemed, like, the truest thing to me was just, just, like, the spirit behind punk rock. And I think, like, this movie has that, too. It shows that, like, hey, there's this spirit behind this. There's this energy that's, like it's not one person or one band or anything like that. It's just like the idea behind like wanting to be different and, but like finding people that are different and like being able to connect with them. But since you're different, you don't sit around a coffee table and drink red wine. You smash into each other in a pit. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that, I don't know. I knew I was going to get choked up at some point on this podcast, but, (laughs) Um, yeah, because there is yeah. good, yeah, there is a heart to it as well. I know we, you know, talked about the critical side of what the movie was saying in the first half, but there is like a any community and scene or whatever that you're a part of. There's a reason you're a part of it because you find community, and as humans, we love community, and um, especially as young men, young women, whatever it may be, uh, when you, you know, you first leave the nest, so to speak. Um, even if you like Steve-O. Even if you're look, still in the nest, yeah. Yeah, and Steve-O's, you know, giving his parents the bird and saying, hey, I'm 18, fuck you. Like, you know, he's he wants to get out of it, but then the first thing you do when you get out of it is immediately find a community because you're not used to being out on your own. So you look for it now. Like, you know, we're in our 30s and we're a bit like, you know, while we still enjoy community and going to bars or whatever and, you know, watching games with our like-minded people, we're still a little bit more... Okay. I actually don't even like it to be yeah. honest. With you. But that's that punk rock thing that I was talking about. I was just yeah. like, I hate, I hate hive mind. I hate, like, I just. Well, no, and, I mean the positive sides of community. When we find people that can be similar to you know you and me and a couple of friends that we are close with can go to a bar and enjoy ourselves and be a part of yes. our own community. Yes. And that's but that's a thirties thing. Whereas in your twenties, you're looking for you, you kind of look for bigger groups because that's what you you know when you go to school, it's all a big group around. Like there's lots of people. At school but that's around. why it's so like hypocritical. Is it's yeah. like, I mean, it's just like you're trying to be an individual, but you're also trying to be an individual within a scene that you're, you're trying to impress by, people by being the most individual. And it's like once again, like it goes back to what I was talking about in the first half, like if you're living your life to try to do something for somebody else, then like that's the least of individual. I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. (laughs) But the movie does it. And that's what's great about it. That's what's great about this little movie is like, 
this thing that I hadn't even, you know, I you brought it up to and Andrea's seen it. She loves it too, by the way. I thought I'd bring that up. Um because I brought it up to her. I was just like, we're doing this movie. She's like, Oh yeah, I like that movie. And I was just, and yeah, I just and she was like, Had you not even heard of it? I was just like, it just and this is the thing between Australia and here is like we're just two we're while well, there's a lot of similarities between our countries, there's very a lot of differences. Um and it's just not a movie that had any of my friends in Australia ever talked about or anything like that. And even here it only made 300 or 400,000 at the box office like it was it's a movie that's grown on the on the cult the word of mouth stuff over the years um it's huge it's huge within punk culture obviously like yeah. obviously a lot of punks hate it that's what you do steve would hate this movie yeah so you <laughs> like <laughs> it's just that would and be I will awesome. say, like the like only posers die like line has been yelled in my face a bunch when i speak about how much i like the film um mm. and it is not good it is but matthew Lillard tried at least he at least he went for it and it's just like whatever you know? so. no i really i actually i thought is you know i thought it was longer in retrospect but time is you view time differently as you get older yeah. so, i really enjoy i, 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 I thought he I thought he really went for it at the end. And I think that's what that scene needed was like him just breaking down. Um, I thought it was good other than the line only posers die Bob because it just lets the antagonist in to be like, uh, only but I think that's, I think, yeah, like, but that's, but no, the, I think you don't get it. Like trauma. That's, and again, that's young people shit too. I'm bringing young people shit into this where I should yeah. be more mature about it. But I remember like, Telling people in high school that I like us also fucking only posters that I bought. And it's just like, yeah, well, now looking yeah. at it differently, it, like, again, this was like a fucking teenager talking to a teenager. That's not mm. what punk is. Punk is beyond that. Yeah. It, See, I mean, for, for me, watching it as a first timer as a 35 year old, I, I had no, like that line was just like, that's just him trying. He's, he's literally dealing with this emotion in the moment. And the way. The only way they, he knows how to say that, the only way he knows how to mm-hmm. deal with how upset he is, is to call somebody a poser, which is so fucked up. Yeah. Sorry, and I then, just stepped all over you. No, but, no, yeah. no, no. That's exactly what I was trying to get to with that, actually. No, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we all deal with, that's what, uh, what I always find funny when um, people criticize, you know, some movies can get too melodramatic or whatever, but when a movie just is just what it is and there's nothing crazy about it and people just go, I wouldn't react that way. I'm like, well, you don't know. You don't fucking know. Don't, don't you sit there. react that way to your friend dead in a bed. I guarantee everybody. And like when Sibo touches his neck and like for a second and then just jolts away, it's like, mm. yeah, that's exactly what yeah. you would be like. I mean, to a T, like. Mm-hmm is how i would do it and it's just like and again it just shows how selfish devo is too i mean he's upset about his friend but he's also just like his whole thing is like what am i gonna do mm-hmm. you know yeah and again that's a little i'm probably being a little harsh but at the same time he's just like you were my only like basically saying you're my only friend what am i gonna do now like what am i supposed to do like it was bob's fault yeah just those goddamn mods. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought in retrospect, like I knew going into that movie, 
like that moment i thought i was gonna have to fast forward through it because i've just been like made fun of about that moment my entire life and just like all that stuff and it's just really not as long as i remember it being so no yeah i think it was what the movie needed as far as like it needed to linger on his react like how he dealt with that in that moment for and it was only a oh, couple you of- said you knew exactly what was coming oh uh, yeah so and that comes from like i i, I as a 20 year old would have had no idea i think as someone that's in my 30s and no, I like reading screenplays and understanding the structure of story and stuff like that. The whole thing right from the start with he doesn't do drugs, he does this, he's really he's really worried about this stuff, how it fries your brain, he has that whole talk about it. When, when you see him just grab those pills that those guys are like, this will help you, and he's drinking booze, it's like, oh no. This is, like, this is like the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, David Face. This is like the self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing that the guy that doesn't do drugs is really essentially comparatively to everyone else in this movie. Like, I mean, he's smoking cigarettes, drinking beers, whatever. A million people have done that. Comparative, mean. comparatively to the scene that he's in, he's very clean with his body. Um, this, you know, be you know, to to a stupid degree, in the fact that he ultimately that's an infection that gets named after him invade his body because really? he's so scared. It's really? so scared. Yeah, but yeah, it, it just like as as soon as he took those pills, I was like, oh no. Because you saw it's like a handful. It's not like a prescribed amount. It's and a you know, like in the eighties, it's just like she's like they're basically vitamins. You're like you. Yeah, and I just knew I was just like, oh, he's. Gonna... Those are pill kids too. His mods were always pill kids, and yeah. like back then, and like they were into the scene, which ended up being like EDM, and like mm-hmm. you know, that's they kind of talk about that in that. But yeah, um, it's a bummer though. Like it, it is, yeah. Um especially even that like night asshole like i was you know i was just like oh no like it just all of that the way it led up to it i was uh, yeah i when he walked out he's like wake up and you see him lying there it's, yeah i it kind of i was hoping the whole time i was like oh, i hope he's not dead i hope he's not dead but like i could just feel it coming like this was going to be if this story is coming to an end where i think it was that steve-o has some growth um which we saw at the end i was like bob's death is going to be like because you saw there was fractures throughout and we talked about it earlier like sandy um him getting jealous over sandy being with another guy even though that's very much what he believes in so there was cracks coming in this facade especially particularly with that great scene with brandy and how he really realizes there's more to kind of essentially he, he falls in love which is again antithesis to everything he believes so there's more to life um and there needed to be it, it's a storytelling thing it's kind of it's almost like you know the do sex machina thing like there needs to be that moment that provides the closure and unfortunately you saw the way it like just it just was going to be i i as soon as that pit that he grabbed that handful of pills i was like oh fuck he's gonna die that that was just my immediate reaction yeah then again like watching it as a kid you're just like oh yeah you would take that many pills if you had a really bad headache (laughs) <laughs> but now, like, Jesus Christ, dude, that's like two, like maybe take one or two. Yeah, yeah, it's two, uh, like is a prescribed amount of bottle and one of the worst hangovers I've ever had. Occasionally, I grab three, I, like the, the, your base ibuprofen, like anything else, I don't know, it's just like, you just don't go, yeah, but he just grabs a handful and pops them like they're fucking Tic Tacs. Punk so, rock. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, 
it's it's really it, it was really sad as well though like it it did like well, i was watching it i felt emotional watching it so and that's the credit even to the, like what happens credit. afterwards too of like him punching into the mirror and just being like or not he doesn't punch it he throws i assume a bottle or he throws whatever he has at it mm-hmm. and like and like later he like while he's on the toilet, like he's just like, I'm sorry about your win. I was like, man, dude was just fucked up about his dad, and like even yeah. like, and like that. I think this movie did a good job of portraying is that like, you don't have to be Bob from a bad part of town or. Sivo, whose dad's a lawyer, or this or whatever. It's just like punk is just a thing that, like, if you're drawn to it, like, that's your thing. Like, mm. you just get it and it gets you back. And, like, that exists in a lot of different other places, too. And I think yeah. this movie does a really good job of, like, showing, like, hey, like, Bob came into punk because this was, like, he had a hard life and, like, he related to it. Sivo came into it because his friend was into it and, like, seem mm. cool and so it's like you you don't have to be one way or the other you can just be i think uh, yeah i thought uh what was really cool about it actually uh was its portrayal of their relationship and the fact that you know especially in the scene in the van after visiting bob's you know father's house and bob's father with his, his issues shoots at them with a fucking sh- double barrel shotgun because he doesn't know who they are well over the uh, top but yeah, I get it. Yeah, but you know, and especially this movie had some low key post Vietnam kind of uh, vibes about it as well. Yeah, about how, how we just didn't understand um, how to treat people that, you know, in the like the post Vietnam world and Reaganism and all that stuff. And we just didn't understand how to treat the people that were transitioning through. But um, that's some the... uh, Megan Punk songs to send you after this, too. Yeah, you know, I'm always down for that. Um, there's a that, that scene in the van that, and their uh, very uh, raw and emotional chat with each other was very because you know even to this day people still have trouble uh, men in particular have trouble expressing emotion to each other and that's very in, in 1985 you know I mean we still talk about toxic masculinity to this day so 1985 being almost 30 uh, almost 40 years ago um, fuck I'm old uh i was only three years later than that but yeah it it was a really it was a really i just thought it was a really beautiful scene in and ahead of its time in a way uh i also love like i love that like and again in the punk scene like masculinity like to this day in the the hardcore scene it's like the worst like i don't need to get into it but it's just the worst and like they just alienate women and girls and whatever i don't need to get into it like Anybody who's listening this far gets it. Um, But yeah, like it is such a like a beautiful moment when Bob is like, it's like just like such a window into like what it is to be a young man with all these feelings and stuff like that. And Bob has every right to cry and everything. And Mm -hmm. Bob's just like, I'm not going to cry, man. Mm -hmm. And Steve-O... <laughs> it as a punker, it just goes, cool, don't cry. Yeah, but he, it's just in a way. Like, in a way, the way I heard it was just like if he had said, "I, I I'm, 
you know, I want to cry. Like, I feel like the response would have been like, okay, fine. Like, it just felt like they were like, there was a real emotional moment where it was just like, they were okay with whatever emotion was going to be, was going to be. And it just felt like a really, I, you know, maybe I'm just taking off from it what I want to see based on my own prism of my my own. I agree completely. But I, agree. I, I just think they that was a really raw moment between them both that they were just, two guys two brothers two people that you know love each other and they expressed that in the movie too they were like yeah i love you man like there was like some stuff in that movie for being made in 1997 98 set in 1985 as i said as i said before like we still to this day you know it's like it's okay to tell guys you know i love you you're my i respect you as my brother from another mother so to speak and like when you and i and you know you know our buddy vince and all that we have no problem with that stuff with each other but it is something in the wider world is very hard um, like, a, like you said almost 40 years ago I mean, yeah yeah to, to do that to have that set in that time and having it made uh you know 25 years ago as well is um is pretty you know it's good you know and in that movie about that scene that was definitely going to have a lot of people go and see it that probably wouldn't like that stuff is a uh, you know is is a good thing to see in that kind of movie, and I think it it shows how much human like uh, deep thought and everything. You know, a lot of the movie is quite lighthearted about on the surface, like, and there's a lot of funny bits in it as we've talked about. I mean, but it's a the, the, the heart, the heart, sad. yeah, the heart beneath it was actually uh, very real and and great as well. Yeah, I mean, I think when Sibo says like, "Okay, don't cry," it means like. Do whatever you want. Yeah, like, he's he's just agreeing with whatever his buddies. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can be I whoever you don't want to be. Wanna, like, I know you want. Like, I think it was him being like, "I know you want to cry, but you don't want to look weak in front of me." So mm. then don't. If that was if that's what you want, like mm -hmm. he was so wanted to be there for his friends so much in that moment that he was just like, "Yeah, yeah." Then don't cry. If you don't want to cry, don't cry. You know. Mm -hmm. And like that's so cool, and that that shows growth in his character because, you know, he is so childish throughout the movie. So he drops the f bomb and stuff, and like, you know, I mean, different era and everything like that, but still not like we haven't talked about Eddie at all in this in this. But um, I always related to Eddie a lot. <laughs> yeah, I liked Eddie. But, but this is a movie that Eddie weirdly... was above all of the shit. And like that's what I liked about it is he was just like he saw through it and he was just like yeah let's go get beer in Wyoming but like yeah you guys are I like I like girls that was kind of I I don't want we can talk off it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was just like I like girls like that's my thing it was like yeah this music rocks of mm. course it rocks and then like what you're gonna call me a pussy for liking it when I say it's good like. It's, I relate to that guy a lot. It's just like it just shows like the lame aspects of punk in yeah. or if, and 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 to a wider extent any scene that puts um, any scene yeah, like metal and, and, like is the same way. Yeah. Actually, metal dudes like happen to be some of the best dudes that I've ever been like. I wish the punk scene was the metal scene always because metal metal dudes know they're all know exactly what they look like and so they happen to just set, end up being the nicest people in the entire world mm -hmm. apparently but, margot robbie's like big into metal is wild 
wild card. Metal yeah. Barbie. She goes, she goes to, she, she's like, talks enthusiastically in interviews. Just people have asked her and they're like, I, you know, whether it be Jimmy Kimmel or Fallon, I can't remember which one, but they're like, you're in a metal, right? And they're like, she's like, yeah, I've got a Slipknot concert. <laughs> like, she's just like, <laughs> and she's like, I fucking loved it. And she's like the most smiley, you know, it's just, yeah. Um, anyway, the, I loved, uh, I, you know, when I saw that Devin Sawa was in the movie, I thought he was going to be in it more, but like his, his, few no, scenes his few scenes are quite memorable so it like and it speaks to kind of and but still taking my... us to, your mom's still taking us to soccer practice right <laughs> <laughs> that and again, that's, thought... that's so like that's such like a tiny window into that scene too is like playing soccer in 1985 in salt lake city utah is like <laughs> oh, you're, you're like we're all different tribes, but we play soccer, of course, together because yeah. soccer is still this offbeat sport. But so your mom's still driving us to soccer practice, right? Mm. God, I fucking love that shit, man. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, that that scene where he uh, ends up, you know, he's chasing his fucking mom around the kitchen with a knife, which is just insane. <laughs> but it's, play, it's, it's, it's played off really well in the movie. Like the movie balances the the seriousness of the moments with the, with the lightheartedness of what their characters are seeing it through um, really well. But um, the editing of that was quite great as well. Cause it was really quick cut stuff where yeah. it's suddenly like, at, what is one split second where it's him with just a knife against his head. And then it's like, ah, or in his mouth. like, yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just like, he's actually shoving it down his mouth. So it's real acid. But it's for obviously to the side. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's real acid trippy and, and all yeah. That. yeah. Uh, so it was really, and there was a few oh, moments uh, in the movie. You are Jesus, <laughs> and the and the the way that like you know like because when we see him at other times like his his green hair is perfectly spiked and then when he's out there on that fucking chair it's just a mess just one big gap that way and I'm a beggar now. <laughs> I tried to get a job. I <laughs> I laughed. I yeah. laughed. I laughed so much when he walks in there and he's like three meters away from the desk. He's like, hey, hey. <laughs> And he walks oh, up, and then she's like, "Huh, hi." And he's like, "Huh," and walks up, like it's just like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, oh, poor kid. I, I want to sell women's clothes. Yeah. I didn't know about women's clothes. I don't wear women's clothes. And there's another probably hard F in there somewhere because yeah, there's like, a hard yeah. F in there. But uh, you know, really, I don't like your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're gonna have a good working relationship here. <laughs> And again, it's like you can tell respect these respect to the girl behind the desk, by the way, because she held herself right. together incredibly yeah. well. Probably wearing a vest that says "fuck you" to a job interview. So, <laughs> so especially when it's just I rang about the job, it wasn't even like really that there was anything organized. Just I rang up and asked if there was a job here, and someone said maybe, possibly, probably just drop your resume in. But no, you're going to turn up in a jacket that says "fuck you" and go "hey," and then you know. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, uh, oh, this is like that like those hundred hits of acid like turned him into that, but it was just also like that's like what happens to some of these people. You know? Yeah, you know? it doesn't What's work that? out. Well. And again, are... it shows punk in a very real way. It shows that like it is like you want to be these type of people. Like this is kind of like what it is. You know, this is not normal. This is yeah. I was gonna say it kind of shows that we're all individuals and some people can have a natural, some people have a natural ability to handle a certain, like, you know, the Rolling Stones are still touring and, you know, Keith Richards has done enough drugs to have destroyed the entire planet, but he's still kicking. Whereas, you know, Sean 
you know, lost his mind at, at the age of 21, possibly, or whatever they were. And I think he was in high school when that was yeah. taking place. <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's, yeah, that's where that happened. So, yeah, you know, just... soccer practice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. yeah. <laughs> um, it seems so, like, yeah. That seemed like a high school cop too that chases him. Yeah, that's one. I uh, I had to I had to I had I I talked about it off air, but my acid trippy kind of connection moment was uh um. So we have the character of Mark uh, Hugo Stieglitz, uh, Till Schweiger's character. That's an incredible, decent role in this movie, and he's very funny. But he talks about because he has a lot of money, and and there's a this great scene that's edited together where um you know little steve-o is talking about how he just every time you go over to his house he just has to tell you about the newest thing he's bought because he's Honestly. he's wealth he's wealthy because his entire family played died in a plane crash that he somehow and the way he tells that story is brutal too that incredibly well written. yeah yeah incredibly well written and told and acted and I, that scene was stuck with me because it was just the way he told the story but Devin Sawa, who was in this movie, was in the first Final Destination movie, and I just had this moment of acid tripping it. Like as the movie was going through, you know, the movie's got his acid trip moments, and I just went, Devin Sawa's in Final Destination. He's telling a story about his family dying in a plane crash. These movies exist in the same universe. And then that was how I took the rest of the movie in a way. So maybe Sean, maybe Sean became that. Maybe he wasn't a beggar his whole life, and he became that kid. I, I I like to believe that being the movie set in 1985 and Final Destination came out in around 2000 that yeah, he um, that he he he, that. He, <laughs> he he banged he banged some bird and that's that's his kid in Final Destination. That there is you like, go. I told you it was very acid trippy that that my the two seconds my brain spent putting that together in that moment was yeah SLC Punk Final oh. Destination crossover make it happen. Hey, space. <laughs> there was rumor during the, I think during the pandemic when all the bad rumors were happening that they were going to do an SLC Punk two with, with Lillard, who is my like favorite. I, actually, like, who is my favorite Lillard of all time now, by the way. But um, <laughs> we are Blazers fans, so there's there's your context. But there was rumors that there was going to be an SLC Punk two about like him as a lawyer in his older days, and I was just. just Please, just can you just please leave my childhood? Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie that doesn't need. It, there is know. an SLC Punk two already too, and I hear it's one of the worst pieces. Like it has nothing to do with any of the main characters in the movie, and none of the same actors. It's basically uh, the synopsis is: I watched the first minute or two of it, and then I was like, "Oh, did go. you? I've never even done that." Bob is the narrator of it. Like it's oh, and Bob's dead. But it, it's his ghost as a narrator. <laughs> Look, there's some people I went on Letterbox. That expect- is worse than somehow expected. It's Michael Gorgian as well. So it's the same actor. And there's, and I think Devin Sowell is apparently in it somewhere. Yeah, that guy, what, what else is that guy? I mean, Who? I love Bob, but like. He's done a few things. I know I've seen him. I can't think of it right now. So I'm. I'm Kind of betraying my own. Uh, let me. Let's do a quick little Google right now. Um, what Generation X is what uh, my last thing I'll search. So, all right. So Michael Gorgian. Oh, dude, he was like one of the main characters in Party of Five. Connection to connection to Scream through Nev Campbell. 
Matthew Lillard, same universe as well. Anyway. A little bit before my time, I guess. <laughs> I remember Party of Five because I Nev Campbell was one of my top all time crushes, I think. Um Wild Things. It's not a, that's what's crazy is I hadn't even seen Wild Things until I was a late teen. I've and never I was seen Wild Things. It's actually really no, it's really fucking good actually. Like it the headlines come from the obvious pool okay. scene. But it's actually got a really twisted story. It's actually that's why it's a the Wild Things is a cult classic because of the like cult classics don't get their big there's certain things in movies like them, they usually is genre things or whatever. Um, but a cult classic sticks because of story, and this is this comes back to SLC Punk as well. Is like SLC Punk has lasted and become a cult classic, I think, having just seen it because of the story, and there's a lot of heart to it. And while things, while there's not a lot of heart to it, um, there's a lot of there's an incredible story that's twist quite twisted in Wild Things that is that is lost in the uh in the obvious headlines that came from that movie, but the actual story, like the actual deception and and twists in wild things are really 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 fucking fun um yeah, watch that. yeah. that would be if oh, that might be a birthday no. movie. That, that's going to be a birthday movie in the future i'm i'm booking it i'm not going to tell you when it's just going to be a year that i just go we're doing wild things because it's it's a fucking fun movie and it's a great it's a good yeah Fair. you got you've got kevin bacon matt dillon nev campbell denise richards you've got a couple of kevin bacon was really good in it. and don't yeah. and then saw me on a movie with denise richards <laughs> and 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 nev campbell He's not a good actress no no but nev campbell is a good nev actress. campbell is good and matt and, and matt dillon's obviously good when you have yeah yeah i'm telling you when you get a guys like that in that kind of movie it's like it a lot a lot gets lost in the shuffle of that scene in the pool but like there's a there's actually a really really twisted fun story to that movie that's why that's why that movie you know people people will watch it for the scene but there's a lot going on there too but got hey. got a little sidetrack there why did we get onto wild things what the fuck just happened someone in wild things from SLC oh N- nev campbell yeah hold on yeah nev campbell, nev campbell heroin no Bob, i i said that nev- five. Yeah. you did this i didn't <laughs> yes i'm usually responsible for this but uh <laughs> i did not do this one I'm derailing Anyway, we might as well get to the tomatoes. And let me just open up my note because I've, I've got so many windows open here right now. All right, so is it, this one's going to be interesting because I know how much you love this movie and, and I did really enjoy it too. And the uh, the tomatoes scores and all that stuff actually are really interesting because there's a wild swing between a few of the uh, different um, I'll believe that. So I'll believe that. tomatoes, it only has 62%. Not Whereas, that bad. That's better than I thought. But IMDb at a seven point four. There are plenty yeah. of movies I know of that are in the eighties to ninety percent on tomatoes that are only around seven point four on IMDb still. So it just shows different aggregators and and Rotten Tomatoes takes in a lot. A big one that I always like to look at is um the Google users, because Google users just people that Google it and give a thumbs up, thumbs down. Eighty seven percent of Google users like SLC Punk. So people that are Googling SLC Punk are generally fans. Um, it's got a letterbox, which is a mod, a very modern um, app as far as movie goes. Three point seven, three point seven out of out of five, which is pretty good for letterboxed as well. Um, a big one that I always like looking back on um, is the Roger Ebert reviews from when he was obviously oh, you know Ebert dot Roger Ebert. Cannot imagine his review of this one. No, he gave it three out of four. Really? 
he he really, he really enjoyed it and um i should i'll send you the link after of his review i thought his review was really really he yeah understood, please do that's, he, that's incredible he, he, under, he, he understood that. the he under he reviewed that movie in, in march of 1999 and understood the assignment immediately it was really good i thought his review was really uh, it's not a bad movie that's what again what i was shocked by watching it in my yeah. 30s i was like this is actually not bad <laughs> well let you know. me let me read i'll read the first paragraph of Ebert's review please do yeah when people adopt a fearful and aggressive personal style we forget that somehow somewhere inside hidden by the punk look the haircuts the body piercings the chains the tattoos or the gang regalia is a person who basically just wants to be loved and understood telling (laughs) telling the world to go to hell is often the response of people who believe the world has told them to go to hell so that's and then the review the review goes on and he starts talking about the movie and the characters and, and he reviews it but um and it's not like it's a long review but uh and, the, and this is the last paragraph as well he said in this season of blaming everything on the movies a film like slc punk will no doubt inspire knee-jerk moralists to deplore its depiction of an anarcho-punk lifestyle but remember a movie isn't what it's about but how uh, how it's about it what SLC Punk is really about is Steve-O's ironic distance on his lifestyle, about the way he lives it and analyzes it at the same time. The message isn't live this way, but look at the way you live. There's a little something there for all of us. For, you know, for Ed, Roger Ebert's had some, I think I think The Shining was and a that's... movie that, The Shining was a movie he famously didn't like. There's, there's, there's examples of Ebert being wildly wrong in movies, but the reason he was so respected was often surprisingly at times he got the assignment on movies like that and I, I was really surprised and and it's a pleasant it's a it's a short read i'll send you the link so you can read it fully but just those that opening and closing paragraph you kind of you can tell he got the assignment right away like for a movie that was misunderstood when it opened yeah i mean that one shocked think, you you weren't expect you were expecting one out of four i think from based on your reaction to that well just like two out of four like yeah like maybe like yeah just i think like my reaction to this is on. <laughs> This is going to be a big point, so bear with me. But I think, like, my reaction to that is, like, a lot of, like, punk kids, like, they're, like, how, again, I'm getting choked up, which is not good, but (laughs) is like, how the world views the punk kids. It's, like, they're more, the world is more willing to accept those people than they would ever imagine, and like, it sounds like it should be on Newsmax, but like, like that just like shows me that it's just like, oh, people get it. They just don't, they just are above it. Maybe, eh, that's not, not quite what. above it. It's like sometimes the people like understand like your frustrations with the world, they just compartmentalize it a different way. They just it's like handle it in a different way. And I think like, you know, Ebert like criticizes art for a living or did. Mm. criticized art for a living like that's not a normal life so it's like you get like yeah being adjacent to reality in a lot of ways especially when you're like looking at something that i mean i'm just blown like i'm honestly blown away by like i love that like that means a lot to me (laughs) yeah i haven't known that until you just read it and like i don't know just Anything that we could have said in this two-hour-long podcast, like he some he of course summed up way better than we ever could. Yeah, that's why he. That's why I, he is I one will of disagree the... with him a lot of times, but for that, like, for him to like get a subject 
that I feel like I've been a part of for over half my life. Mm-hmm. Like to get for him to get it is like, man, that's master class. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty dope. I uh, so when you see, because I know we do this just as a very, it's it's just a it's just a fun exercise. When you see Rotten Tomatoes rated at sixty two percent, where would you be at on it? I'm re- I'm really interested. To I see will preface it. this with I totally get that. I will give it. I don't, to be honest. I'll give it an eighty seven from okay my okay. own very biased perspective. Of course, yeah. that's what we do here. We're a podcast about movies we like and don't like, and um, yeah, eighty seven. I'd say solid B. Um, yeah. If if just that punk, if it just wasn't Generation X, it would be <laughs> musical choices really swayed your decision there. No, it's um, think, yeah, yeah. I think it's really good, but if like somebody was ever asking me like on a night that they, they're like, hey, if you had to tell me a good movie to watch, I would not say say SLC Punk. I would say like yeah. if you're like into some, you know. Well, I guess that's the thing. What about you? Like, um no oh, i was at 85 i think um yeah, good yeah i okay. yeah and you know my, you know you know my thing on, on movies like this is like i and because we had the similar discussion on babylon is like i respect when a, a director has a vision and a story to tell um even if it's done imperfectly and i think because slc slc punk is like far from perfect but i think it like directing wise it was done really well written it was written really well some of the editing and the cinematography in there while like it's not a movie that demands like sweeping grand vistas like dances with wolves or fucking you know you know the the classics of of um classic cinema but it's a movie that all movies still have you know good movies have you know uh, filmmaking art involved in it and i think this movie did a really good job of it even though it was telling a story that didn't demand that um and i think it all came together and uh, to the to the main point is it told a story that was very personal to him, even if it's not auto completely autobiographical. He like he had a story to tell and a and a and a point to put out into the universe and, and he executed that really well. And I, I respect that. Even if you know, I I don't you know, I gave it four out of five myself on Leatherbox. Like I, I can't even pinpoint why it's not like a ninety percent like because I think the story I think it's, it's just more just maybe some points for sure but yeah we're not here to like celebrate weak points of movies yeah so but it's just like that's just where i landed on and i that's comfortable like i was good for me that's not every movie needs i don't even know what i gave wolf creek but it could not have been anywhere near that (laughs) i feel like you were generous basically because i think i thought you liked it more than you you've since expressed to me so i think you were nice i did not like it but i am a nice person i think you were nice to me at the time and then you expressed your true feelings later and then i got mad at you so (laughs) that sounds like par for the course of our friendship (laughs) (laughs) i haven't even talked about var uh to you in a couple weeks so Uh, no moving on um punk rock i love living in a sugar Yeah, that song. One of the few bands to ever be banned from Saturday Night Live here. Well, that's wild. I had no idea about that. John Belushi, John Belushi got them on. They played Beef uh, Bologna or Bologna, whatever they say it. Uh, And then, but yeah, in the late 70s, they got banned from SNL for life. (laughs) Wait, why is that? John Belushi got really into punk before he passed away. And, um, or like, 
I don't I don't know how you want to call fear. John like, Belushi, famous Oregon student. <laughs> and uh yeah, he got them on SNL in the mm-hmm. late seventies. And they played in like a bunch of well not a bunch, but like punk rock kids, like twenty of them, like ran on the stage and like oh, I did the punk thing and, and, yeah. and so and, I mean that was like I don't that's another thing is like this is set in eighty five, like I don't like watching it in like two thousand three, like it's different. It was a different world back then, you know. It's yeah. like you're playing in the late seventies or maybe early. I think it was late. I want to say seventy eight or seventy nine. But them playing and like people running on stage and stuff that wasn't a thing. Like yeah. that didn't exist. Like, like if you're watching that in Kearney, Nebraska. Mm. And you're like, oh, I want to watch Dan Aykroyd go cheeseburger, cheeseburger. And then fear comes on, and you're like, holy shit, like, there's no internet to go look at that shit. That's the first you're getting hit with that. And you're like, oh, yeah. God. So it's just like, that. that's just part of it. That's just part of this movie, too. It's just like, it's set in 85. Like, blue hair didn't exist <laughs> until then like yeah like that's why like oh they're from the mental institution like and those are older people in wyoming and stuff but it was still like we, we were the first two punks in salt lake city which is so hyperbolic and lame but yeah. it's also maybe kind of true <laughs> like yeah. well if you didn't know yeah. anyone if you didn't know anyone else then like you might as well yeah. be like now with the advent of social media and stuff, if, if any of us get into anything that we, we enjoy, you know, you find Instagram pages to follow and you immediately find a community. But back then it was literally just walking the streets, going to a bar, going to a show was the only way you were ever going to even hope to me. And you, and if and you the didn't cops to... are going to break up that show and then you're yeah. going to get arrested. And then like, what's wild to me is like, we grew up in a time where it's like, when I went to high school, like the punks and the hippies, were way different groups but in like mm. 1985 it was just like oh they just like intermingle because they're just not like what you're quote unquote supposed to be so it's yeah. just like they're all the outcasts so they all mingle together like when he talks to you which we haven't even talked about the guy in the party scene being also the guy that ends up in super bad in the coke scene which is perfect <laughs> Wait, which guy the brother that he talks to about creation and anarchy and all that stuff, who has the younger sister, who oh, um, is it's the same guy in the coke Jesus, scene. Jesus Christ, I didn't even fucking pick up on that, but that's great. Yes, just blew your mind. Love yeah, because you know I picked up on all sorts of shit because I I now have a Final Destination and SOC Punk and possibly Scream Universe in my head, but um I didn't pick up on that. So yeah, man. yeah. Just him in a scene with drugs. Give it to me all the time. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's how it used to be. It's like, we're all outcasts and like, we all view the world differently. But since we're all outcasts, like we can get along. And then like, with the internet and like, yeah, now outcasts uh pitted against each other in a way. It's yeah, yeah. You used to be I fucking hate hippies, man. Yeah. 
And I think Steve-O does too. He says that in the movie. Like when he hugs him, he's like, yeah. Like, yeah. So. yeah. And I'm overstating like the hippies and punks hated each other, but I definitely had hippies tell me like the music I listened to sucked when I was in high school. Go listen to a fucking 11 minute guitar solo, you fucking like whatever. <laughs> oh, I love the Grateful Dead too. So I, I'm just a floater in, in and out of, in and out of, uh, you know, things. Only posers say shit like that. <laughs> Look at the ceiling, you fuck. You're a poser in every in every film. <laughs> Get a <laughs> grateful <laughs> dead bear tattooed on you, you pussy. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge. Yeah, I'm for it. I'm trying to get you to get tattooed. Yeah, you know what? I, you know I want to. And, like, I think I do just need to actually start with some little silly ones rather than actually, like, something grand, you know, because I have grand plans. I think I actually just do need to start with something, like, as silly as the Grateful Dead fucking bear or the, sc- the skull fucking logo or something. Stupid. Like a Bill Walton-era Grateful Dead bear. Yes. Logo. Yeah. Bill Walton's what got me into the Grateful Dead. So this shows my sports fan them they suck there's a couple of great fucking songs there's some there. good songs yeah. Fire I, Mountain is good. black muddy river black muddy river see I, i'm like really... uh old fear is my favorite one i fucking love that song a uh, friend of the devil terrible i just they just like the songs i put on when i'm like just showering and i just need to fucking chill man shut up Play a, play your instruments like they're meant to be played. That is conformist. Fuck off and die. <laughs> well, that feels like a good time to finish this. Wrap this one up. I don't know. Do you have any closing thoughts? Or you you're you're good. You're good. I you're... love this movie, and I'm so glad that you agreed to do it. Thank you for that. I'm glad you enjoyed it, which I was not expecting. I, I fucking loved it. I will rewatch it a bunch of times in the future, and that's that's a, it's a lot of too. fun, and it's a lot of. I don't know, man. It just means a lot to me that movie, and like I think it's a lot. As punk kids would never ever admit in their entire lives, I think they would agree that it was a seminal moment in their lives of mm-hmm. watching that film and just you know, and now to be able to dissect it, I would love to talk to those kids now. But yeah, would... especially talking about it like you know, twenty years post the fact of you know, twenty five mm-hmm. years, whatever it is now, like it's uh... but that shit never. All right, we'll talk off there. Yeah. But, but to still the, the fact that it's still relevant as well, like the fact that we found, like I found relevance in some of the, the little, even though it's stuff that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, little, goes little, and goes and goes. little, little snippets of culture and life that the movie showed were, uh, were um, still relevant. And, and again, this, and I think, uh, yeah, but beyond that, the story of someone trying to find identity and, and, and finding at first identity through grouping themselves within some kind of group and then realizing that your ultimate identity is who you are and how you live your life regardless of that stuff is like a really powerful thing that you know you and i both i think attest to the fact that we've gone through periods of our life that um you know you tried to tried to be a part of something and then even though you still saw us you know as you grow out of it you still go oh i enjoyed that but it wasn't quite me and then we realize as we get older as steve-o did that it's just the ultimate form of rebellion it's just it's just to truly be yourself and and yeah. and hold up to whatever whatever your convictions and your ideals are within this world and what you believe in 
um, is the way to way to live your life, and the way to ultimately rebel against whatever you are fighting against is to truly be yourself and, and do what's right by those convictions, um, whether they be right or wrong for some people on this planet. <laughs> At least, you know, you know, I won't agree with it, but you, you know, you, you live in that life, so you know. I, I, I think it's a story that even, you know, it'd be interesting 40 or 50 years down the track what people are seeing from it now and, you know, it's, it's the same but, it, it, but it is it is a story in a, in amongst all the the humor and lightheartedness of it and some of the things it shows as far as, as, far as the punk scene, the, the heart of the story is a very human story and that's, that's really cool. So, I loved it. Until next time, roll film pop pints pour popcorn. Ha <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>